Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas was defeated on the road by TCU 51 to 14. And ladies and gentlemen, that was a textbook definition of a good old fashioned blowout. Um, all three phases of the game, Kansas was not up to the standard that TCU was giving you an idea of what we'll talk about here today. It really has been a crazy sort of day news wise for KU. Um, a lot of firsts since today. We'll get into some of those statistical, the first time since blah, 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 a little bit later. But even in, you look at the 12 hours of today, um, recording this right now, it's a little bit after 6 p.m. Central. And you look at kind of the pregame news that came out, uh, starting off talking about Drew Prox. That was maybe not a surprise. It was announced that Drew Prox would not play. He went down in the second half of the West Virginia game with an upper body injury. Kyron Johnson said this week that he was looking for Gavin Potter to step up in Prox's absence. And then also you look at before the game that Khalil Herbert, it was announced that he would not be playing in today's game, that because of personal reasons, he was going to be unavailable for KU. Now, as for Herbert, post-game Les Miles did not say a whole lot. He said that he wanted to focus more on the guys that were there playing in the game in Fort Worth today rather than talking about Herbert, who was didn't play. So he also mentioned that he kind of sees the understanding of, you know, Herbert has played in four games this season, so now he could technically redshirt. But moving away from kind of the, the pre-game news and notes, uh, going into – kind of the nitty gritty of the game. I think I'd let's start off talking about the KU football defense and we'll carry over that conversation about prox. I think that that was maybe one of the biggest losses. If you were to pick on the defense, the guys that would be like the biggest loss for Kansas, I think you'd probably go number one would be Bryce Tornaden, just being a senior leader on that defense, being someone that's been there, done that, been a big player for KU for three years now you know, he'd be probably the guy you'd want to lose least. And then next, I think it'd probably be Drew Prox just because of how good he's been tackling this season. He's a team's leading tackler. He's been a a real good vocal leader. And you talk to some of the other guys on the defense and the way they talk about Drew as this kind of leader that is a leader of men leads with, you know, his attitude and his work ethic, you know, Prox isn't the biggest guy, but he, he, he's still able to tackle some of the biggest running backs. You remember back to that Boston college game, you know, Prox was able to stop AJ Dillon, a huge back on a couple of occasions. So just a big loss for Kansas and especially in the run game. Um, in terms of his replacement, Gavin Potter, I thought Potter looked okay. Being a true freshman, this being his you know first legitimate start uh, of his collegiate career, I think that I'd be pretty encouraged of what you saw from him. He did look a little bit small out there, but that's to be expected. He got recruited out of high school as an outside linebacker, has made the switch to inside linebacker with the lack of depth KU has had there. So it would make sense for him to be, as a true freshman, not necessarily as big as some of the other 21, 22-year-olds that would be on the field. But I think there were also some good moments you saw. I think he had a nose for the ball, and he was making some plays there tackles-wise. He was the leading tackler for KU today. He finished with 11 total tackles, 9 solo tackles. No tackles for loss, but I think a really solid performance for Potter. There were some moments where he did get lost in plays. It felt like there were some times where he kind of would go to a spot 
and then would get lost in transition with all the other things that were going around him. But I think that's to be expected of a true freshman in this sort of situation. So I would say in the grand scheme of things, encouraging performance from Gavin Potter, not so encouraging performance from the Kansas defense as a whole. You know, KU gave up a ton of yards on the ground. KU allowed 319 yards on the ground, and that was the most rushing yards KU's allowed since it allowed 342 yards to Kansas State back in 2016. TCU's 625 yards from scrimmage were the most KU's allowed since Oklahoma State gained 661 yards against KU in 2017. So not a good performance from the KU defense in general. The front seven, I think, is where the problems really came because Kansas was unable to get much of a push on the defensive line. You know, TCU's offensive line did a really good job of opening up holes for their running back, and he just ran all over the KU football defense. But I think that, you know, TCU did a good job, and they deserve credit for using change of pace. They did a really good job of changing up, you know, the ways that they attacked KU. I mean, they had a ton of chunk plays in the air as well. They had seven plays at 15 or more yards through the air, including almost two 50-yard plays. There was one that came uh, that was a 49-yard pass from Alex Delton to Hunt, and then another one that was 52 yards uh, a little bit later in the fourth quarter. On the ground, TCU had 10 gains of 10 yards or more. Not good for the Kansas defense, so they were just getting chunked yardage the entire game. On third down, the KU football defense was not able to get off the field. TCU started nine for nine on third downs. I think they may have even had a couple more, but I'm 100% certain they started nine of nine. And they went and finished 14 of 19 on third downs. So not, you know, just for the defense, not a lot of positive things you can take from it. And I think listening to some of the post game afterwards, I took this quote as being really telling from uh, Bryce Tornaden. So after the game, he said, quote, it really came down to effort and energy. I felt like we kind of lacked that in the first half. I feel like the heat kind of got to us. But in the second half, it was kind of make or break. We had to put our foot, da- we had to put the foot down. And I think that ultimately led to us playing a little bit better, end quote. The first part of that is what's really telling, I think, to me. It really came down to effort and energy, Tornaden said. I think that that, you know, n- I'm not one to question a team's effort ever. Um, but if the player saying that, then he must have seen something that made him believe that. And then it was hot. And yes, you are dealing with the loss of Drew Prox. You're dealing with, you know, outside circumstances, but just not a good defensive performance for KU. I think on the converse, the offensive performance was just stagnant, it felt like, especially in the first half. And also, before I get too far into the offense, it's also worth mentioning that TCU scored a touchdown on five of its first five drives. They scored on every possession in the first half. They went five touchdowns and a field goal in the first half. So just overall, not a good performance for the KU defense. Going to need to be better, especially going against Oklahoma this next week and then two weeks' time going to Austin and facing that Texas offense and Sam Ellinger. So defense is going to have to be better, especially as KU kind of enters this tough stretch of the season. Uh, But moving on to the offense, I would be discouraged with the way that KU uh, used the ball early in the game. Uh, They used a lot of their heavy set formations. A lot of the 12 personnel where you've got a tight end and a fullback and a running back in the game, 
I can't remember off the top of my head if they went to 22 personnel at any point with two tight ends, a running back, and a fullback. But KU did use some of the the heavier set stuff earlier in the game. And I think at this point in the season, we can confidently say that those heavy formations, KU cannot continue to run out of them. They were unable to open up holes on the offensive line, especially against this TCU defense that is really good at stopping the run. You know, KU came out in these big formations. They got stuffed early on. Um, They had three out of their first four drives were three and outs. And on on two of the four drives there, they actually ended up with negative yards at the end of the drive. So just to start the game, not the type of performance you'd like. And I thought that what Andrew Parchment said, I tweeted this out prior to the game, but I thought what Andrew Parchment said after the West Virginia game was really telling. He talked about how he felt like KU's offense was at its best that third drive against Boston College. When KU went up tempo, they used that spread formation a lot more of the RPOs, that third that third drive against Boston College was, was the first time that they used their four wide receiver set. So Parchment had said that he would like to see KU get back to doing that stuff, and that's just not what happened early on in the game. And sure, not getting some first downs early on really does hurt the the flow of the offense, and Carter Stanley really didn't feel like he was able to get into much of a rhythm. But overall, just not a really good performance for the KU football offense. You know, Carter Stanley goes 12 of 29 for 89 yards, a touchdown um, that was kind of fluky. Uh, Puka Williams, he found Puka Williams for a 20-plus yard touchdown, uh, Puka Williams' first receiving touchdown of the season. But Williams was aided by a little bit of a screen set by a referee that allowed him to get free in the middle of the field. So even then, that had to go for Kansas' way to get a, a, a touchdown through the air. I thought, in terms of an encouraging performance, much like how Potter was the encouraging performance probably from the defense, Villain Garner was probably the most encouraging performance of the offense. He had you know four rushing attempts for 61 yards. He did have that 45-yard touchdown run. But even then, I think just the big playability for someone like that, a true freshman who is making the switch from being a quarterback to now being a running back, I think just overall, I would be encouraged by Velton Garner's performance. And that was something I talked about in my post-game story as well, was kind of that this team is a little bit different than than the one that came in 2017, just in terms of kind of the young talents on this team. You think about guys like Corion Harris, Puka Williams, you know, Velton Garner being one of those guys, uh, Stephen Parker, a four-star defensive end, uh, outside linebacker from uh, Texas as well as someone. This is just a young team in general that is going to be building towards something. Whereas you kind of look at that 2017 performance here, Peyton Bender was a junior. A lot of the people on the defense were uh, upperclassmen as well. So just a different feel this time than the last time KU was at TCU. I felt like TCU did a really good job of bottling up Andrew Parchment. You know, it wasn't a lack of trying that Stanley, you know, trying to find Andrew Parchment. He targeted him 10 times but Parchman's only come up with four catches. And TCU, I, I have to say, I was really impressed with their defensive backs today. I felt like they were really aggressive. They were on top of the KU football wide receivers for the majority of the game. Just a really solid performance from the secondary from TCU. But in general, I think Puka Williams, too, he had the least amount of rushing yards he's had in his KU football career. He had 12. I think his least prior to that was 33. So just overall, not a good performance in totality from KU football. In terms of where do they go from here, I think you're now looking at just over the next three weeks, damage control. You're playing against an Oklahoma team that dropped 55 points on Texas Tech. 
going again, it will be at home for KU, which is something that is a positive. Um, but even then, you've got one of the best offenses in the nation. You know, Jalen Hurts is a Heisman candidate. Lincoln Riley is just a mastermind, a genius. So the KU football defense is going to have some tough tests ahead of it. But this is something where over the next two weeks, you really have just got to see some damage control. Because then once you come out of this next, you know, the next three weeks and you play Oklahoma and Texas, then you come out and you play Texas Tech at home, you play K-State at home, Baylor at home, and then you also have a trip to Iowa State. So it's you're going into a tough little month here, but then you come out the other side, there are some winnable games. So just in the near future, I think for KU, the biggest thing is just damage control and making sure that those games don't get out of hand where it's going to be another performance like this, where you look at 2017 and that team where they had to go against Iowa State on the road and TCU on the road and got shut out at TCU, but also you know did not have a good offensive performance against Iowa State then too. You really do have to avoid kind of those back-to-back uh, just bad performances on offense and just as a team in general, because I think you'll definitely start to see some of the fan base check out before the back end of the season, which would be disappointing, especially given, you know, it has been a roller coaster of a season so far for KU football, but it has been a promising start to the less miles era. I would say there are still questions with the offense, but I think you look at, they were competitive against West Virginia. That's a positive sign. They got the road win at Boston college. That's a good sign as well. Now, Grant, your first two games of the season weren't the most encouraging either. You came out with a one-score win over an FCS opponent. You lost to a, a new FBS opponent and only scored seven points. So there are definitely room in, room for improvement for this Kansas team. But I think in terms of the Les Miles era, I would not be pressing the panic button on it yet. You know, Les Miles is time, and I would not start to get concerned the only time I would start to be get a little iffy with this is if some of the recruits do start to kind of back out of those commitments if the season kind of starts to spiral uh, and not in a good way for KU football over the next month. But that's all the time we have for today. As always, thank you for tuning into the Fog.net podcast. If you listen on iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. Would really appreciate that. As always, you can find all sorts of great KU football content on Fog.net. Scott Chasen has a story up on Khalil Herbert. You can hear from Les Miles and some of the other players as well when they found out Khalil Herbert wasn't going to play and uh, what kind of it means going forward. And late night in the fogs this week too. So we're going to have some real good content coming out this next week. So as always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU football, KU basketball content. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain97. And you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Scott. And with that said, we'll talk to you next Saturday after the Oklahoma game.